When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's up, everybody? You probably know by now, but Ball is sponsoring us across the DNVR network. Ball as in the all-new Ball Arena, as in the aerospace technology company, as in the world's largest aluminum can and packaging manufacturer. They have been leading global sustainability efforts for decades and They are currently hiring right here in Golden, Colorado. You can check out hashtag work at ball online and to apply for a position at their aluminum can plant, text golden to 77222 or go to jobs.ball.com and search for golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for golden. Or like I said, you can simply text golden to 77222. They are a great place to work. Highly recommend checking them out today. Nobody out. Three and two on Charlotte. Jokic gets it across the timeline. Gets a high pick and pop with Murray. Lindsey breaking through. Taken away by Nathan McKinnon. Two on two with Landis Guy. He has done it again. Vaughn Miller, ladies and gentlemen. Dump two hands. Nikola Jokic. Save me by Grubauer with the left pad. Oh, goodness gracious me. Take a good luck. You won't see it for long. Two on home run. Trevor Story. Lock. Hands on. Touchdown. Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast presented by the one and only Breckenridge Brewery. You guys know how much we love Breck Brews. Plus, they're good company. Hard seltzers are phenomenal. Highly recommend it. We had the grand opening 2.0 at the bar and those things were flying off the shelves. Everyone had some fun drinking some Breck Brews. I'm your host, Ali Monroy. With me today, I've got Rudo, Andre Simone, Michaela Perkins, and... Brendan Vogt. Whoa, what? Do I look like D-line today? Perfect timing. (laughs) But younger. Younger D-line. How does that feel, Vogt? Great look. Um, Well, it's a low bar. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I was going to say. I don't know if that's a compliment or not. He's the oldest person that I know, (laughs) including my grandparents. 
<laughs> it is a little dark. I will say that, but you know, know. It's, it's okay. I'll, I'll work it out. <laughs> I'm all scrambled today. All right, guys. Well, you guys probably noticed that we are now doing the Denver sports podcast on Thursdays or other days besides Fridays. Unfortunately, Fridays are just too packed at the DNVR bar. We've got so many new things going on. Plus the new show online with D line that just took my time slot. They were just like, bye, the show's going to be better. So (laughs) it's fantastic. Highly recommend it. But that's why we are probably going to stick to Thursdays from now on until maybe the season starts or we'll see. Um, But just be sure to check this out. Always. We are going to be talking about kind of what's been going on in the Denver sports world. There's a lot. We have NBA, uh, NHL, MLB free agencies. The draft happened for the Nuggets. We also have training camp. So there is a lot going on, and we'll finish off the day talking about the best nicknames in Denver sports. But we're just going to jump right into Avs free agency, Rudo. The Avs and Avs fans had to say goodbye to Philip Grubauer, but in replacement, they got Darcy Kemper. How are you feeling about that move? Yeah, so it's it's an interesting move. Like obviously there's a lot of emotional connection to Grubauer, but ultimately five point nine million over six years was a pretty steep price for him as a goaltender. And the Kemper move also saw mixed reaction. It was a steep yeah. price. The Avs did have to give up uh, essentially two picks. The third one we'll see if it act- the third rounder we'll see if it actually goes through, depending on if the Avs win the cup or not. But uh, they also gave up Connor Timmins, you know, a yep. pretty liked defensive prospect. But I will say, and I'm sure Michaela can agree or disagree with me here as the the resident Arizona expert. I think Kemper, if healthy, has the ability to be a better goaltender than Philip Grubauer. So he could be the piece and goal for the Avs that gets the job done. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think the key word or the key phrase there was if healthy. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Kemper's had some injury issues in the past. You know, the past two seasons have been a little rough injury-wise. But, you know, when the trade – sorry, not when the trade. When the acquisition went down and they signed Kemper, I was kind of confused by the reaction on Twitter, by the negative reaction specifically, because, you know, I got to watch him play um, in Arizona, and he was really good. Like, he stole that playoff game from the uh, Avs when they were playing the Coyotes uh, two seasons ago. I mean, he was the entire reason that they, the, the uh, Coyotes won that game. If it weren't for him, you know, the Avs would have won. So I was really confused by the negative reaction just because he is a really good goaltender. And obviously, you know, if healthy is the key piece here, but if he can stay healthy, I think he's better than Grubauer. Um, and I think he can be the goalie that the Avs need to carry them to a cup. I'm really excited to see Kemper. He is a good goalie. Obviously, Philip Grubauer did a lot of great things here in Colorado. But to see Kemper with this Avs defense, that's going to be exciting. Because this Avs defense is freaking phenomenal. And can make some goalies' jobs a little easier with how well they play. So I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. I. It's always one of those things, like... Anytime you get a new goaltender, there's going to be a little bit of an adjustment period where they get used to playing with the defense that's in front of them. But if the Avs are giving up 20 shots a night like they were last year, it makes any goaltender's life a lot easier, certainly than uh, than what Kemper has gone through in Arizona for a bit as well. So, And he won't be playing as much. Like The goal will be that he won't be playing as much as Philip Grubauer had to play because Pavel Francos will be there and it won't be just like, all of these games relying just on one goaltender, really, that they trust. 
Yep, and and let's be real. You never want to say making the playoffs is a given, but certainly the Avs goals do not you, really involve I feel like anything in the regular season. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're this I close want, to saying it. I want to say it, but I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and like Kemper still looked pretty decent while he was in Arizona, but his skill and his own talent. Like, imagine if he can look still that decent while playing you know, behind probably arguably one of the worst hockey teams in the NHL. Yeah. Imagine how amazing he's going to look behind an incredible team in Colorado with all of the assets that the Avs have. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a lot easier to win hockey games when your forwards actually score. So, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> well, speaking of forwards, big thing that happened, which everyone was really nervous about, AJ was trying to trick us in our company Slack. Yeah, I don't know what he was yeah. doing. The Avs got the deal done, and they signed Gabriel Landeskog. People were sweating it. I feel like the last uh, the Denver Sports podcast we did, it, I think it was with you, Rudo, and you're like, I really, I don't know. I don't know if this is going to happen. It got done. Thank goodness the three-headed monster is still intact for uh, the upcoming years until McKinnon has to, we have to deal with McKinnon's contract. Yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about that one either. But yeah, they, there were 15 minutes left until Landy officially became a free agent when that deal got signed. So they took their time. To get they that. took their sweet time. I, that, it was after a DNVR golf league. We were all at the bar. I think trivia was happening. And all of a sudden, I look down at my phone and I see the tweets. And I'm like, Gabriel Landeskog is back. And everyone in the bar is like, oh, my God. And it was just a dope feeling to be like at a Denver sports bar, have – Denver sports fans react to news like that, which like you could have been at a, another bar in the city and people would be like, is this girl crazy? What's going on here? <laughs> like, why is she yelling at the bar? Um, they finally got it done though. That was very exciting. Yep. And they got him for eight years, uh, $7 million. The end of that contract is the future's problem. There's no reason to think about it right now. And for now, the captain is back. He's going to help them hopefully go win a Stanley cup and whenever his career is said and done, his number is likely going into the rafters of Ball Arena. So, win-win. It, a big emotional boost compared to the the down of losing Grubauer. So, yeah. help make up for it a little bit. Rudo, what were a few other moves the Avs did that you really liked? Uh, so, I really liked the Ryan Murray move. Uh, they went out. Yeah. Obviously, they lost Timmons in the Kemper trade. So, Murray helped shore up their defense. Their, their top 6D Again, you're going to hear this word a lot when it comes to the Avalanche. Assuming health, they have one of the best defenses in the league. So if EJ and Murray can stay healthy, they're extremely strong. Um, after that, the depth of we'll see what decisions they want to make. But and then they added Darren Helm on the forward side. Not going to be a major impact player, but he will replace pierre Edward Belmar essentially one-to-one for them. Shouldn't be. He'll PK. He'll give you 15 points a season. Nice little piece to get the job done depth for them. Yeah, they're really gambling on uh, a few more veterans and uh, a little more injuries. Hopefully that uh, well, that medical staff's ready. I mean, you know, it is it is interesting, right? Because their their acquisitions were definitely veteran heavy and right. and and guys that maybe can't stay healthy, but they're also going to be making big big bets on one Alex Newhook. Right now, the role expected right. for him is to replace Brandon Saad on the second line. So, 
there's an argument on whether their forward core is better or not coming into this season, and it's going to come down to Newhook. If he lives up to expectations, the forward core will be better. If he doesn't, the Az are going to have to scramble a little bit. And then obviously, Bo and Byram on the defensive side. There's no keeping him out of the lineup anymore. He's going to play next year. So we'll have to wait and see what the kids can do to help round out the roster. Um, let's wrap up this Avs talk with some expansion draft NHL draft. Um, so the Avs lost uh, Jonas Donskoy to the expansion draft to Seattle. Um, he'll definitely be missed. I know last season mixed feelings on yeah. Donskoy, but like he was just one of those guys that like you could rely on on the ice. Um, I guess most of the time, maybe some people would argue I mean, about him. Look, when that dude was hot, he was el fuego like <laughs> he had two speeds on and off yeah. <laughs> and, when, and when he's on you just give him the puck and get out of the way basically but uh yeah a piece that the abs do have to figure out how to replace they have a couple of options internally maybe they want to give martin cow to try maybe they they want to go with mikhail maltsev who they got in the ryan graves trade um we'll see they could just throw jt comfort there as well and that's one of those ones where it's you have to wait and see until the season starts and, and they probably will just lean on whoever's hot to, to replace that spot. So, and then they selected, well, I, can you say it? I haven't heard the name yet. <laughs> Oscar Olausen. Oscar Olausen. Michaela yeah. did the DSR for that one. So when, <laughs> when you have to do the daily sports report, you like have to memorize these names. Like it forces you to. I was, um, I was like, I'm going to mess this up so bad. <laughs> Olausen. Yeah. Olausen. Oh, yep. It's like Olafson, but with a U. How do you feel but. about that pick? It was the it's it was a, a late pick, obviously. It, yeah, it's a late first, so twenty eighth. You're not getting a superstar. Um, it's a safe pick. I I think it's another one of these high floor, low ceiling picks. Personally, didn't love it, but it's one of those dudes who uh, he has a dozen different routes to the NHL, and he'll find a way to be an effective player. So, for a team that is ideally two three years from now, you know, trying to maintain a window and and keep replenishing with young kids it makes a lot of sense all right let's jump into the rockies don't viewership don't go down don't go down we're gonna talk about it for a little bit yeah (laughs) (laughs) one person was like bye tune in because Michaela's about to go off yeah Yeah. (laughs) so mac warm up for this one Stretch it out. Get ready for this. Um, we don't have Drew or Patrick on the show today. Michaela is representing the Rockies. And so we're going to get her thoughts on, as I tweeted, free agency moves or lack thereof. Um, Mac, what happened in your eyes with the Rockies with this free agency? Time? Well, nothing happened, first and foremost. <laughs> Let's just get that straight. They didn't do anything. Um, they did what the classic Colorado Rockies do, and they sat on their hands and provided no clear direction for the organization at all whatsoever. I'm pretty sure Bill Schmidt was sleeping through the trade deadline, um, just took like a nice like week-long nap. Um, it's so frustrating. I mean, all they did was trade Michael Givens, who was a bullpen arm, who was probably one of their most reliable relievers, which is really scary to say because the Rockies' bullpen is garbage. Um, so I guess the most reliable out of that bullpen isn't the best thing to be. Um, and then they also got back another like 
minor league pitcher in Austin who they have had on their roster and traded. And this guy has been on six different teams in this season alone. And I just don't understand the Colorado Rockies or the front office or what they're doing. They just seem to have absolute no direction. And I guess it makes sense because they also have no leadership. Their front office is non-existent. Half of the people in the front office are interim. Um, they have no analytics department, so there's no captain of the ship and the ship is sinking very quickly. And it's really unfortunate because, you know, um, they have a lot of assets that they could have moved. Um, Trevor Story, John Gray, they're all set to be free agents at the end of this year. Michael Gibbons, before they traded him, is set to be a, a free agent. Um, CJ Cron, another guy that they could have gotten something in return for, that's going to be a free agent at the end of this year. And they just did nothing. And it's really frustrating because we just don't have a direction for this team. And it's just like, what is the plan now? You know, they have no direction, they have no plan. And I just don't know what comes next for this team. I think in my opinion, it would have been better to move the assets to trade story and get something in return because I mean, they're going to make him a qualifying offer at the end of this year. And I guarantee you, he's going to decline it. And yeah. so when he declines that qualifying offer, we get compensation in the draft. And, you know, I don't really trust anybody in the front office to draft somebody that, I mean, and even if they do, you know, hit on that draft pick, it's going to be four or five years before we even see them up in the majors. So, you know, I have no idea what they're doing. I really don't. I don't know if they're rebuilding or retooling or whatever they want to call it. Um, you know, John Gray is kind of a little different case. I'm actually happy that they kept him because, you know, the hardest thing to do in Colorado Rocky for the Colorado Rockies is to find good pitching, like good starting pitching. And, you know, Gray obviously came up through the system. So he's a homegrown type of guy. And he is really great at um, figuring out how to pitch well at Coors Field, which is really challenging. So I was always kind of hoping that the Rockies would keep him and keep that um, those four pitchers in their starting rotation that they have right now in place, because I think it's going to be a lot easier to rebuild quicker with those starting pitchers that they have. But I mean, it's just a disaster. It is a dumpster fire. There, there was reports that the Rockies were off reports. Want to make that sure? But there was reports that the Rockies were offered a top five prospect for Trevor Story. Like literally, literally got nothing. He's just gonna leave. Yeah. And like you said, all you get is like compensation in the draft, which you—that's not what this Rockies organization needs at this moment. They need actually things to be moving and going in the right direction for this fan base to stick around and feel like they're watching something that's worth it. I mean, yeah, I mean, the other side of it too is they don't have a farm system. Their farm system is one of the worst in baseball. So when you're in a position to trade people like Trevor Story to hopefully stock up that farm system a little bit more and they don't do it, it's like, what is going on? You guys are literally incompetent like it is just incompetency i don't understand it i genuinely do not get it sorry rudo i know i keep I no 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 <laughs> go off go off i i just <laughs> i wanted to just bring up the point of look at the difference in reactions between gray and story like yeah. even yeah. before the deadline gray was very adamant about wanting yeah. to be here yeah. and and after the deadline story was like i am what not happy heck? about this yeah. <laughs> I thought we had an arrangement here. What's yeah. Why am I still here? Yeah. I mean, which is again, why I'm not as upset that they kept Gray because if, you know, John Gray wants to pitch here by all means, like, mm -hmm. like, please pitch here. We don't, you know, we don't have a lot going for us right now besides our starting rotation. And he is a huge piece of that rotation. Yeah. So, you know, if he wants to stay here for the right price, like by all means, I, I, I'm happy with that, but you know, I kind of mentioned it. If, 
the Rockies did have a chance to get a top five prospect in exchange for Trevor Story, and they didn't take it. That's infuriating, especially considering they didn't even get a top 10 prospect for Nolan Arenado. So I'm just confused as to what this front office is doing. I don't understand it. It's a mess. It is a genuine, like, it's a dumpster fire. It's so bad. Well, and the frustration is after the Nolan trade, you thought at least they've picked the lane. Um, but if you don't go full blown into rebuild mode and truly commit to that route, then you're just going to be left to, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, it's exactly what Mac described, essentially try to win 68 games and fill out cores as much as you can, which maybe as a business model works just fine. But um, I, as, as fans who'd like to see some growth from a franchise. Uh, they have other blossoming stars, though, don't yeah. they? Wouldn't it have been a perfect transition to move into an area of Rymac and, and Tapia as as the faces of the franchise, with, right. with Gray as well, really, in the pitching staff? But instead, you're left with this weird half season of story before he just up and leaves. And that's what I said at the beginning of this season, too, is I the last thing that I want to see is the Rockies do a half foot in, half out type of thing. Like either go all in and try to figure out how to make the best out of the situation that we have and get everybody into like a deal and whatever it is, whatever all in looks like to you, go all in. Or, you know, go all in with a fire sale. Like get rid of everybody, tear the whole thing down, start over. But don't try to do this weird like retooling instead of rebuilding where they try to make pieces work that aren't really working. It's I just I'm so frustrated with like the lack of direction that this organization has. And it feels to me like a very bleak situation that isn't going to improve anytime soon unless we can really nail the front office and the, the front office hires that they have, like the, the decisions they have to make in terms of who they're going to have in the front office for hopefully the foreseeable future. No. Um, I'm just um, yeah, <laughs> over it. I think. I think to some extent, just observing from the outside, it's not unfair to say um, that what exactly the frustrations and things that Mac is seeing is what the rest of the MLB is seeing. And I think with star players like Nolan Arenado, like Trevor Story, you're getting lowballed. You're getting treated like, oh, well, you know, their stats weren't good in a, a, a nonsense 2020 season that only Dodgers fans will care about where you played 60 games, like a sample size that doesn't even matter in baseball senses. And you're going off maybe a slow start this year, you know, and, and you're just getting low balled. It's just, it's, it's got a massive trickle down effect of not being able to kind of maximize your margins, which for the Colorado Rockies are already like as slim as they can get. Mac, I have fun. a question for you. We have so we have Drew here in the comments. Drew is watching the baseball game as well. But um, Drew's saying again, FYI, they're saying that they're going to uh, buy big bats and free agency this year to build around the pitching, aiming for quick turnaround rather than the long rebuild, which of course most people think is pretty far fetched. So, Mac, my question for you is: Would you rather the Rockies? Re like admit they have to rebuild and sell and create a dumpster fire of like figuring out starting from the bottom or would you rather this like trying to get random pieces in seeing if this is going to work and yeah. oh it doesn't okay then try and get another guy in here which one would you prefer as like a fan of the Colorado Rockies I think that I would prefer them to commit to a 
a rebuild and tear everything down and start over because we still have O'Dowd's people and we still have Breidich's people stuck in this system that have no potential, no future. They have had years to build a competitive team and they haven't. Like, that's just the fact. Like, they, the Rockies have had a glimpse of competitiveness in the 17, 18 years. But besides that, it's been a mess, a complete mess. And so I really want them to make the right choice for the next general manager and whoever they're going to bring into this front office and let them restart and just <laughs> burn everything from the past to the ground and just try their best to completely rebuild a competitive baseball team from that point forward. And, you know, when you look at previous Rockies quick fixes, like the time that they spent $118 million on a bullpen that was also garbage, like I don't trust anything that sure. involves the Rockies and a quick fix. They've never yeah. been competitive in free agency. They have never been able to execute a quick fix well. I just don't think that, you know, the Rockies and a quick fix is synonymous because – they have had a chance to put pieces around the best third baseman in baseball, the best, you know, third baseman and shortstop combo. And they haven't, they didn't, they have never been competitive in free agency. And so I just don't see a way that that is going to ever be successful. And if they can nail the front office hires and they can start over and build from the ground up, I think that's the only way to really do it. Because if you can't win with Nolan Arenado on your team, I don't know what to tell you. You're not going to be competitive for a while. And I just don't trust the Rockies to ever make a quick fix because they've tried it in the past and it hasn't worked. They had the best third baseman in baseball on their roster and they did nothing to help him. It's just, <laughs> it's a mess. I, I'm not a hardcore fan or anything, but correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't the bullpen more of an issue than the hitting right now for this team? <sighs> It's both. They're both really bad. Okay. <laughs> um, the Rockies at home are great. The Rockies can smash the ball when they're at home. Um, and when they're on the road, it's a completely different story, which, I mean, there's a couple of factors that play into that. But, you know, you always, you always fix, you know, the offensive stuff before you try to fix the bullpen because the bullpen is like a goalie in hockey. Like it's a hit you or miss. Like them, you, right? Yeah. Like you really never want to do what the Rockies did a couple years ago and invest $118 million in your bullpen just for it to be complete garbage. So, you know, there's a lot of things working against the Rockies right now, but you know, if they say that they're going to commit to free agency and bringing in some big bats, they have the money to do that. You know, they are one of the teams in major league baseball right now that has the lowest in payroll. So they've got, you know, money to do that, especially if, you know, Dick Monfort wants to invest in in the in the roster. He can do that, and they've got money to do it. But I'm, I'm scared. I'm scared <laughs> if, if that's what they're gonna do. I mean, and we've seen this sort of thing in other sports in Denver. And we've talked about it on this podcast before a few years ago with John Elway not wanting to just admit that the team needed to rebuild. So they went and spent money on a guy like Case Keenum, on Joe Flacco, on all of these pieces to try and make a quick fix happen. And sometimes you just really got to just rebuild it yeah. and go and from there. I think they need to tear it down, burn it down and start over. And hopefully the new general manager has a better baseball mind and can do better than Breidich did because ooh. We have uh, some people in the comments saying that uh, they're still down to start a GoFundMe and see if the city can own the Rockies. Um, and then we have people saying, but what about the DNVR Yacht Fund? Rudo, what, how are you feeling? Would you give up some of the Yacht Fund to 
to help out the people in the Rockies? All right. Coors Field is way better than a yacht. All right. <laughs> we'll <laughs> I would take Coors Field over a yacht say. immediately. AJ's I would just, really stuck on this yacht idea. I could just live at Coors Field. That'd be fine. <laughs> I wouldn't have I wouldn't have pegged AJ for a yacht big yacht guy, but <laughs> he says that he wants a yacht and just park it in the in the parking lot of the DMVR bar. So we have people who donate literally every day on the DMVR Avalanche podcast to the Yacht Fund. Shout out Sasha, yeah, who's normally to, the person who does it. Maybe like five hundred dollars into our twenty-two million dollar request for uh, for a yacht. Incredible. <laughs> the other thing too is, you know, money does talk ultimately, but the Rockies now have to spend their way through the other side of a reputation, which is, you know. They've had some competitive teams in the last, you know, 10, 15 years for sure. But of, as of late, I cannot imagine looking at that organization and thinking, oh, sign me up for the centerpiece role. Um, I would like to be the face of the Rockies. I think it's going to have to – I would imagine it takes quite a lot of money. I don't know if guys are – I don't think anyone's going to take any discounts to come to Colorado at this point. So there are just a lot of hurdles between them and that sort of idealistic quick fix. So – and. I mean, I- and I want to say, we would like that to happen. We would like the Rockies to be a fun, competitive team. Like, sure, like attendance at Coors Field really hasn't suffered. And that's because, like Rudo said, he could live there. It's Coors yeah, it, Field. It, it never will. They could play a peewee team and people would show up to Coors Field and for every day because it's a great place to get a drink like it's a great place to get a drink and you know baseball is on as well so it's just a fun summer thing to do but like it would be the absolute best for everyone if the team was just more competitive and it brought more rockies fans than opposing fans i think that's why the next general manager hire is so crucial because if it's you're muted andre that explains why I haven't heard from him. In- that's a that's a problem with the quick fix right there, though, right? Is um yeah, okay, you you're gonna be more competitive, you'll make fans happy, you'll increase attendance, and you'll compete for the second wild card. Mm. Ah, that might sound good in the depths that we are in now, but I think why people like Mac are so adamant of a, of a ground up rebuild is if you actually want to compete. With the Padres and Dodgers, you actually want to win a division title or, God forbid, uh, you know, a pennant and make it into another World Series. You're going to have to do a little more than sign the four or five guys willing to pad their stats to play at Coors Field and figure it out. We'll have some fun, quick fix. We'll win 80 games and we might make that second wild card. Yeah, I mean, look, that's the other thing the Rockies have going against them is we have to remember who's in their division. They've got the Dodgers and the Padres in their division. And in my opinion, no quick fix is ever going to be able to compete with the roster that the Padres and the Dodgers have locked in for the next four to five years. I mean, let's say that the Rockies do a quick fix, right? And they can somehow manage some powerhouse batters and some maybe some okay relievers and another like really good pitcher to come to play at Colorado, right? that's never going to be able to compete with who the Dodgers and the Padres both have on their rosters. Both the Padres and the Dodgers have arguably the best rotations in all of baseball. So, you know, if let's say by some miracle, you know, the Rockies can bandage up the shink, the sinking ship that is the Colorado Rockies and make it to a wild card game. That's great. They're going to get eliminated right away. So it's, 
what is what is more important to this organization? You know, being competitive. Attendance. Well, yes, okay, yeah. <laughs> attendance is definitely the most important thing. But aside from attendance, you know, are they just gonna be mildly competitive, win nine eighty to ninety games, and get eliminated the first round of the playoffs? And mm. that's what their definition of success is. If they want to be competitive and they want a real chance at winning the pennant, they have to do what the Dodgers and the Padres did and build from the ground up. The reason that the Padres and the Dodgers were so successful is because half of their roster came from their farm system. Obviously, you know, the Dodgers have no limit to spend (laughs) on whatever, whoever they want. So, you know, we're fighting against that. And obviously that's going to help them. But, you know, so many of the guys on both of those rosters are homegrown guys from their system. And, you know, they are, their success is built on that. And we don't have it, anything like that. That's that's the fear, right? Like, even if you gave Monfort a $2 billion TV deal, you're afraid he'll choose the wrong people to, to build the organization. Yeah. It's just, it's not like, it's, there's so much working against them that I just don't ever see how a quick fix or signing big, big free agents are ever going to help them long-term. Like, it might help them win 80 to 90 games in a season and be competitive and maybe make it to a wild card game. But this team has a long, long, long way to go before they have sustained success. Sure. God, $2 billion TV deal yeah. is virtually impossible what? to wrap my mind around. $2 billion? Oh, my God. For, I'm just going to go ask the Dodgers for a yacht. Forget the yacht. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All this yacht. said, I'm going to get so hyped the first big-name free agent they signed. Sure, sure. I couldn't yeah. care less. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anyone here is like an enemy of, of competitiveness or trying. I just, I think, I think Max articulated this really well, which is like, look, it's, it's, it's a big gap to close with just, you know, a, a oh, very the um, class of the NL. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, we'll, don't worry. We'll spend. So look at the Rays, you know, look at other small market teams that have, sure. they out find ways, ways. Yeah. to be competitive. The Rays made it to the freaking world series last year and they would be considered, you know, a team very similar to the Rockies. Um, yeah. So it's just going to be, I just think they need to burn it all down and build up from the ground because you know, it's going to be a while. Until Step one, uh, like a permanent, like choice, a front office, yeah. like, Okay, we have some idea of who is the or the long-term decision makers here that people you feel comfortable with. I think you, I think you've made some killer points, Mac. Totally, and I feel like something that we've talked about on this podcast from the start is the fan base like has every right to be upset with what's going on with this organization, but if they still want to go to games and enjoy baseball at Coors Field, which the Rockies are still making games fun when they're at home, then. You should be able to do both. And I know that some people feel like that's counterintuitive because you're giving money to the Monforts. But, like, if you love baseball and you're so passionate, you're frustrated at what's happening, but you love it, like, let fans just be fans. I feel like that's just, like, if you want to go, you want to go. If you want to be pissed off, be pissed off. But, like, I just see that still so much on social media right now with Rockies fans being, like, mad at other fans for wanting to go watch their team. Like, Right, right. There's still fans of the baseball team. Baseball yeah, is so great to watch. Even if the Rockies suck, the sport's still wonderful. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, that was a great discussion. We actually gained viewers, so thanks, Mac. You did yes. great job. <laughs> um, let me jump into a quick DraftKings read. My Wi-Fi just says that it's very bad. Is it bad for you guys? You're, You're back now. Me. You're back. Kind You're of. Good. You're good. Maybe, Dre, you can tell the good people about DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Yeah, no, uh, number one in all the land um, by a significant <laughs> margin now. Um, I, I compared it to the way Katie Ledecky laps her competitors. That's uh, how far ahead the DraftKings Sportsbook is to all other sports books. And, uh, you know, just great deals all around. Uh, right now, you sign up a dollar, you win a hundred. I think that's going on for UFC free and that's going on for Olympics. Yep. It's free money. Where else are you getting a free hundred dollars? Um, <laughs> not many places I know of, but DraftKings Sportsbook, they're doing it. And, uh, you know, use code DNVR, they'll match your depos- deposit if you're a first user up to a thousand bucks. And, uh, can you d- do the disclaimer, Ali? Yes, I can. So, Excellent. right now, the main offer that you can jump in on is place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. They've already won a ton. So it's many. free money, like Andre yeah. said. Just go get in on it. Use that code DNVR. Ooh, where is it? For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. I need StravaCraft coffee in my life. I have to get some orders in. I just moved, yes. so I had to stop my subscription guys check out their subscription service it's honestly so great uh you can place an order and you can get coffee delivered straight to your door every two three four weeks five weeks whenever you think you're going to run out of coffee that way you never run out of coffee and you always have that right back vote is a huge fan of strava craft coffee as well big fan uh also unprompted today in the dnvr nuggets show uh, the DNBA show even, someone just commented, yo, Strava's dope. We weren't even doing a read. So shout out that person. Your check's in the mail. Um, <laughs> Strava's oh, the best. Strava's the best. I'm an anxious mess, you guys. I don't know if you can nope. tell, but Strava nope. really helps me out. It calms down any jitters. Like if you still need caffeine, Drew has said this all the time, he still needs caffeine, but it can cause even more anxiety, those jitters. Strava Craft Coffee with their CBD-infused decaf coffee as well. All of that helps it out. And they're one of our favorite partners. They've been with us for literally five years now. They're the best. Go check them out. As always, supporting our partners helps support us. And use that promo code DMVR25 to get 25% off your first purchase when you do. They are really great. Speaking of also what's really great, DMVR is really great. You should check it out. Be, I become a member right now. If you use the promo code camp 2021 for Broncos training camp, you get an annual membership and a $60 gift card. Yeah. The annual membership is fifty nine eighty eight. You are Boom. literally giving you money like winning, winning as Trey is saying. So go check it out. You get to use that gift card in our merch store, get some new shirts. And might I add there's, gonna be some new gear coming in soon exciting so Mm -hmm. you could probably see see all the models right there on that computer right now i can also unrelated but d-line's got a lot of snacks going on (laughs) i I didn't know he was a cashew almond pistachio guy but uh he needs to snack while creating amazing merch as you could tell everyone on the show is wearing a shirt except vote that's right yeah, That's but right. no, it's rocking a hat. I'm not wearing a shirt though. might be better than this shirt. 
Like, <laughs> definitely buy our shirts, just not this one. That was a horrible <laughs> choice, Rio. What are you doing? Well, <laughs> I, I still think we have some of those, so if you want one, I wouldn't right. suggest not. Cardinals yeah. fans in the chat, you vote should be wearing this shirt. So yeah. He's a Cardinal. It <laughs> honestly looks so good on Rudo, though, right now, that it's really like, I'm so pissed at Nolan. We could do the whole first them. segment over again. Okay. I was laughing at Max saying, like, if you have Nolan Arnott on your team and you still can't win, I was like, oh, that's awkward. Well, it's okay. He's gonna have... walk next year anyway, so he's gonna go the freaking Dodgers. Like, I'm just oh. waiting for him to go sign with the Dodgers. <laughs> Remember when we would just kick vote off of the show whenever he was behind his like uh Cardinals fla uh, flower flag? We'd just flower. be like, bye. It's You're the gone. only decoration I had in my apartment. <laughs> Turns out that's not what Spano was looking for. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Well, all of that to say, go be a member at thedmvr.com. You get all of our great content. You get merch. You get to enjoy all of us. You get to come down to the DMVR bar, and you get free or really big beers, and you, there's giveaways, and there's all these great things. So definitely join and become a member at thedmvr.com. All right. Let's jump in to the Nuggets vote. They had free agency and the draft going on. Will Barton is back. But dad is gone. Happiness, sadness. Yeah, thumbs up, thumbs down. Yeah. Vote. Tell us a few of your favorite moves that have happened over the past few weeks for the Nuggets. Yeah, I mean, look, the, I can see a certain angle on this has permeated the discourse online, which is, you know, you got to be aggressive and the Nuggets weren't. And, um, you know, there was a cap space reality to what Denver could do. And I'm not even just talking about frugal ownership. Um, you can go over the cap and closer to that tax apron to retain your own guys. You can't dip into that threshold to bring new players in. And so what the Nuggets actually didn't have is a lot of flexibility to get much better. What what was on the table was the opportunity to get much worse if both Michael Green and Will Barton walked away. So they – they they really threaded the needle. I mean, they kept Barton around, but it's a two-year deal, two-year 36. So even if you're someone who's not as high on Barton or doesn't like the idea of three, four years to a, to a seemingly injury-prone player, at least of late, that's not really the – Denver didn't handcuff themselves that way. He's here this year when they definitely need him without Jamal. And then next year it's an expire a fat expiring contract for a quality player. So if you have to move on, if you have an opportunity to get another star, well, Barton helps in that regard as well. So I just think Denver did really well to just say, look, we have a chance to keep the band together. That team was really good after the trade deadline. And, and that was they were very clear from the end of the season that that was their goal, was to run it back if they could. So I love what they did. Um, losing Paul Millsap, is more sad than it hurts. Yeah. It, it was the right move at this point, I think, to move to, to move on. Um, they have so many power forwards on the roster, but that that was the 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 downside to the day. Is look, Paul Millsap. It's such a bummer that that group didn't get to make that run um, because they were good enough to make it to the finals, if not win the finals. And it 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 was an ending to a tenure in Denver that I think would have been very fitting for for Millsap. Um, and I just hope people look back at it and go, okay, there were some injuries and they never did win that chip. But from the second Paul Millsap got here, the defense, the professionalism, the culture, the trajectory, just it got even steeper in the right direction for this organization. And I hope folk remember that. So shout out, shout out dad. 
Shout out Dad. He brought a lot. So he was just a really great leader. And you could yeah. tell that everyone on that team really loved Paul Millsap. And so it's definitely more of like a just sadness in the fan base to see him go. But I agree. It definitely was the right move. What about Austin Rivers? Uh, are you excited to see him back this next year? Yeah, I was prepared not to. Um, yeah. I definitely thought he might. I don't know what he was or wasn't offered or anything, but uh, it certainly looks like he took the minimum contract from Denver, and that surprised me a little. I thought maybe he'd played himself into more money in that playoff run, but that he wants to be in Denver, that Denver said, hey, we have space for you, not surprising. The way he came in, the way he committed himself to that culture, the way he helped them win a playoff game um, that they probably don't win without his fourth quarter explosion, it just makes sense. I mean, he's the kind of guy they need depth while Murray's out, and Look, if you have to move on from Austin Rivers when he comes back, if that rotation changes, then so be it. At that price point, what'd you really risk? And at the very least, it's a guy that you know, okay, he'll come in here, he'll act the right way, he'll say the right things. You know, he'll be a, a, the type of Denver Nugget that, that we're trying to house here. So makes sense. Makes sense. And um, I wonder if he'll play. I want The big question, I think, with the bench is who is the backup small forward? Yeah. They could do a couple things. They could go big and Zeke Naji could play alongside Jeff Green. Or it could be Austin Rivers at the two. P.J. Dozier plays up a position and plays small forward. I wonder if that's the route they'll go. But adding Austin gives them that that flexibility. I know he won't be back till towards the end of the season, but is the return of Jamal Murray really the biggest move for the Nuggets to make for 2022? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I personally think um, – it would be it would be madness to actively go away from what they had built and put together after the trade deadline. That injuries took it away from them. You know that's the way this cookie crumbles sometimes, and sometimes you do have to audible. But they they have an opportunity to just say no. We can just bring Murray back, even if he's less than one hundred percent. These five guys are good enough, mm-hmm. and that's been their target from the jump. And then the NBA draft happened, and the Nuggets selected Bones Highland, which he has such a great – that's not – that's his nickname. Um, But you can call him Bones. But he loves it. He'll answer to Bones when that's – Speaking of, he answers to Bones. He loves Denver. He's doing a really great job of like grabbing the fan base to like fall in love with him. He is so hyped Mm -hmm. to be coming to Colorado, and you just love to see that from your draft pick. What do you think of him? Was he someone that was on your list of guys uh, for the Nuggets to select? Well, he was on my radar as someone they would select. Harrison Wind really made sure we all knew it it was someone the team liked and might take. Um, I didn't have him on my big board, but, you know, I'm also – that's the thing about the draft is you have all these takes, you put all this work into it, and then it happens, and you have to be willing to crumble it up and throw it away because was I right? About the like, some of the guys I had ahead of him were it was more of an archetype thing Jaden Springer, Miles McBride, some defensively oriented guards because they do need some defense. Um, but there's sort of an irony to being like, okay, well, defense this will help the team right away, sure. But Jaden Springer, for example, he's 18 years old, he's not going to play right away. So I'm sitting there saying draft for fit, and that's not how a lot of teams do it. A lot of teams just take the best player available, and I think that's how Denver viewed Bone. So it's a fun pick. It's an exciting pick. Does it fill a hole right away? No. But let's hold out and see. You know, Maybe this is a guy that R.J. Hampton type of utility insofar Mm. as, okay, he wasn't a part of the rotation plan. A couple people get hurt. We can go to him. Or 
as we saw with RJ, he plays, he looks exciting enough, flashy enough that he becomes an asset for a potential trade deal as well. So I don't mind the pick at all. I'm really excited to see him in summer league. Um, this guy, it's he's like a step back bomb from the logo three-point shooter. He is a fun watch, if nothing else. Dre, you are our go-to draft guy. How did you feel about the pick? Yeah, um, it was an interesting draft. I was really kind of hoping that Garuba would drop to them. And when that didn't happen, I was a bit uh, like, meh. Um, but no, the more I found out about Bones and then after free agency happened, I like the pick more because if you're going to run it back, having a little more scoring punch um, in your back pocket for that second unit, I think could be incredibly valuable. And then, you know, if you get wild and you start to fantasize what a guy with that shooting range, if he can be an except, you know, he can be good enough to warrant actually going on an NBA floor night in and night out, what that could do um, could be very fun. Cause it's, you know, we, we analyze and we stack these, uh, these boards and we try to, you know, it's, it's humans handicapping humans. One of the more futile exercises we can partake in and what I've dedicated my life to. So, um, <laughs> uh, but you know, it's so we can get caught up in all that, but then some guys are way more exciting than others. And on the excitement meter bones, uh, bones ranks very highly. And yeah, I mean, if, if he were to pan out as a Lou Williams type score, right. right. Could be, pretty cool for a team that already has some transcendent offensive talents and as far as it being maybe like risky dre with what like you know he's not the tallest guard obviously you know the the turnover right. to assist numbers weren't great in college although we could talk about you know the why that was the case all day right. long but uh as far as the risk goes the reality is even if you're taking a safe player a zeke naji type of player mm -hmm. i am aiming to be a playable back-end rotation guy at 26 the chances it's a bust, right? The chances it's just never really a, a high caliber rotation player, pretty high, pretty significant. Absolutely. So, you know, it's in hindsight, it's such a Tim thing to do. Uh, he's flashy. It's sexy. He's a hooper. And um, the ceiling is probably higher, right, than the guys that I had on my big board. And right. Tim's going to yep. roll those dice. Yep. All right, before we finish up the show, I got to tell you guys about Solace Meds. They are a premier dispensary. They've got four locations, one right east of the DMVR bar up on East Colfax, literally so close. Votes pointing out at yeah. it since he's at the bar. Um, and then they've got another one in Wheat Ridge, one in Fort Collins, and one off of Broadway. They have some really great deals. Kale was uh, having a solace bar himself during the grand opening of the grand opening 2.0, and he had a great night. Um, if you yeah, head into any location, you can get a free solace bar or king cone when you mention the code DNVR20. Sorry, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, wanting yes, to make yes, sure I found it. it. You got it. Uh, that's any location of Solace Meds. Head in and mention that code. You can also order online. Ordering online makes things so much easier because your order will be ready once you get there. And then all you got to do is pick it up and go home or go to a park or wherever you like to smoke your weed uh, and, and have some good time. Don't forget to use <laughs> that code DNVR20 at Solace Meds. Okay, Dre. Let's talk some Broncos training camp before we do rapid yeah. fire on best nicknames in Denver. Uh, yeah, 
It is day. They had an off day today. Broncos had an off day today, but they have gone seven days of practice. Pads yeah. are back on. Um, and the QB competition seems like it's even right now, which I know yeah. fans don't really want to hear no. that. But there's been days where Drew looks really good. There's days where he looks bad, is throwing interceptions. And he said yesterday he needs to be making smarter decisions. Uh, And then there's other days that Teddy looks the same or doesn't look as good. And that's something that Ryan uh, has been saying on the DMVR Broncos podcast, that it looks like right now it's Drew's job to lose. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it would appear that we have a, a bit of a tie And in a tie, usually you'd go to the younger guy with the perceived higher upside. And it certainly seems like Drew kind of came in hot. um, And Teddy was very much as advertised, kind of Mr. Checkdown. Bridgewater's picked it up a little more to kind of even things out. Um, And it would appear that since we've gone to pads, both quarterbacks middling a little bit, right? Um, so especially yesterday where it appears practice ended the way many games ended with the offense, not doing much, um, and falling flat on its face. So I really think, you know, preseason is going to be so huge this year because it comes down so much to like, who's going to be able to keep their cool under pressure and not put them in bad spots. And if drew can do that enough, he's not going to have to be as, um, mistake free as Teddy because he can make up for some of those mistakes with some of the bigger plays. Um, but he's still, you know, he, he can't, we can't have a repeat of last year. So it, it, yeah, it's been interesting to see how both guys are kind of navigating this and uh, particularly how Drew's going to navigate being, uh, you know, picking his spots. It's all about picking his spots. And some of those mistakes that Drew is making is because he's playing hero ball, as our DMVR Broncos guides would say it. Yeah. He really wants to make those big, flashy plays, and it's just it doesn't work out, and it look it looks extra bad. And there's a few people yes. in the comments of the DMVR Broncos uh, show yesterday saying they're pretty sure that's similar to how he was in Mizzou, but. Yes. Right now, he needs to focus more on ball protection and making those smarter plays, which he knows himself. But he, I feel like that's when he really goes wrong, is just trying to be the hero and make a really dope, flashy play and just doesn't work out the right way. 100%, Allie. It's all, it's all situational football. It's knowing when do we need that extra play and when do I just need to throw it away. The punt is the best play this team can have. And that's where Teddy's going to have a real advantage. I mean, Fangio for a couple of years now has built a defense first team that right now has a on paper what could be a really extraordinary unit, maybe even a top three unit. And so if the offense is just competent, you'd think they could be really competitive in a lot of games. And, and Teddy gives you um, gives you that. That's what he does. And for as much as you'd want to see more flash, more sexiness from your quarterback, it, he he really fits kind of the criteria you need to win with a defense first team. Yeah. yeah. We did this poll with some of the live audience that we had on Saturday. So I want to ask you guys, vote Rudo, Mac, who would you guys prefer be the Broncos starting quarterback? Like, who do you think? 
Not who do you think? Who would you want? Rudo, you go first. Uh, Drew Lock or Teddy? Take the young kid. Yeah. You're going to live with the ups and downs a little bit, but you got to give him every opportunity to become the guy you think he can be. Yeah, yeah he's the he's the investment, right? And Teddy's yep. the backup plan. So you want plan A to work if it if I can choose. If it's up to old B Rad, I'm taking Drew. B Rad. <laughs> you gotta pick one, Matt. Love that. Look, I've, Malibu, been, baby. I've been a Broncos fan for my entire life. I left the hospital in a John Elway jersey. Okay. I didn't even get a baby blanket. It was a John yes. Elway jersey. I am so I am almost as frustrated with the Broncos as I am with the Rockets. They have to say something. We don't, just so lot. you know, we don't have that kind of time remaining. Yeah, I know. Okay, okay. I mean, I don't like either of them. I don't think either of them are going to be the quarterback of the future. But I guess if I have to pick one, I agree with everyone else. And I'll pick Lock just because, God help us, if he doesn't work out, that's another, like, three seasons wasted around the drain. So let's hope Drew Lock can be the guy. And that's what everyone at the bar also said. Everyone preferred Drew Locke. Yeah. So we'll see where this ends up going and how I think what's really hard is having them split these reps. Uh, I just want them yes, to make a decision yeah. so that they can figure out like if Drew's the guy, like you got to put him in with the ones and have that experience as much as he can before the season starts. Because we have also seen Drew, he has gotten better at the end of the season, the last two years. So if it's that time and that experience and that mentality that he right. needs to like work on, then you you got to have him getting those first team reps. But you're here. But uh, it is what it is right now with the Broncos. As Michaela said, they're also another frustrating organization. And hopefully, hopefully this year is different. But we'll just have to wait and see. Dre, is your pick Drew Locke as well? Yeah, Drew Locke all day. I was just trying I assumed, to assume. So I did of the, of the teams we cover, how many fall on? The, if you could do a graph, how many are below the frustration line? I. I it's think we're four, uh, four of six. You're under the frustration. If you extend the, the college sports. Yeah. The pro sports, yeah. Avs and Nuggets, they're fun. They're exciting. They, they they, sometimes you're like, huh, that was weird. Yeah. Even good teams find a way to frustrate you. Though, <laughs> well, like sports. You, yeah. you can say that again for sure. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the best nicknames in Denver sports. We are going to start off with you, Rudo. Who is the what is the best nickname in Av's history? Uh, in Av's history, it's Fapa. I know it's a boring nickname, and and people don't like it that much. Yeah, but it, it is made significantly better when you understand that Forsberg is a very common name in Sweden, and you get to name all of the other Forsbergs Fopa because <laughs> there's only one Fapa. Uh, as as consolation, Big Moose is excellent. Big Moose, Moose, pretty. <laughs> I like Big Moose. I like Big Moose better than the nickname Man Rocket, which Nate gave <laughs> uh, Landy. I personally would just prefer Big Moose. So it's I a lot cuter nickname. <laughs> um, all right. This this topic is obviously brought to us because of Bones Highland. Bones. And so Bones is a pretty great nickname. Vo, is there any other nickname that stands out to you in Nuggets history? Yeah, there are so many. Um, there are so many. Yeah. I would say we've made TikToks about this too, so go check well, those out. I mean, this is well before my time. I've always thought yes. I've always loved yes. Skywalker. 
David Thompson. I think that's got to be number one. Amazing. Um, But just, you know, for the more modern Nuggets fan, which I myself am, Mm -hmm. um, I think Big Honey is tremendous. Uh, Oh, my God. That's a classic. The Manimal was always great. Um, The Manimal. The man. I get it. The manimal. I didn't say. I was like the man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm. Uh, I like. Uh, we we started calling Monte Morris Mister Nugget, which is a title that we're gonna pass down to the, you know, the fan that that fan favorite, not the best player on the team, but like the Monte's the culture guy, man. Like Monte's yeah. the team, the fans connection to this team, and and he he's friends with everyone on the team. So we we've been pushing that pretty good. Nice. A lot I, of self-authored ones. That's a that's a first. I like that. Yeah, I yeah. I, one of my favorites yeah. is definitely Birdman. That one's just a classic. Yeah, Birdman. Birdman's of course, I left good. that one out. Um, I'm probably forgetting someone someone else. Big Tom, of course. Tom Welsh, Nuggets legend. Um, <laughs> but no, those are my favorites. Those are my favorites. Uh, all right, Michaela. What about the Rockies? There's so many too. Um, Surprisingly, they have one good thing going for them. They have a lot of good nicknames. Um, <laughs> obviously, um, Baby Bull, Will Rosario is a classic. The Todd Father, yeah. Todd Helton, which is probably oh, my, my favorite. Um, Andreas Galarraga, Big Cat. Never forget no. the Big Cat. No. Um, and then more recently, some of the newer guys like Chuck Napsky for Charlie Blackman. Uh, John Gray's The Gray Wolf, which I think is pretty nice. Yep. And uh, El Congrejo for Raimel Tapia. So mm-hmm. lots of good ones to pick from. For me, it's a toss-up between Big Cat and Todd Father. I think those nicknames are classic. But yeah. um, thankfully, yes, thank you, Tim. Big Cat is a great nickname. They Big Cat's have, I can say something nice about the Rockies today, you guys. Yay! <laughs> well done. Well done. We found a happy moment. <laughs> what about units like the Bronx Bombers? That's a great nickname. Oh, like whole team. Whole yeah. teams. Yes. The yes. Long Boys. That would be a hard. That is also another self-authored. Can't help myself. You, uh, what the people else. love that nickname. I was going to say that nickname is and... probably Lake Street Bombers for the. the oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is there an abs one, Rudo? Is there just like a, like a line? Like a, so, there have like a... been a lot of lines over the years. Uh, the most famous one is probably the Amp line. Mm. Alex, Milan, and Peter. I was gonna say a uh, vote. The three-headed name. monster. Come on now. Yeah, three-headed monster is the current one. Oh, but right. we the have like a currently, shirt. We sell it. And we, we sell we it. We market it. Would yeah. you buy, market please it. They're don't amazing. buy this shirt. Buy that shirt. Buy the three-headed yeah. monster yeah. shirt. Yeah. I see where you're coming from on that one, Ellie. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come on, man. Andre, what about the Broncos? Well, again, sticking to units, I think the Orange Crush may be the best of the best. Mm. I mean, right there with Skywalker. Um Okay, good. Yeah, and I'm going in and out. This is uh, no, excellent. You're good. You're good. Okay, you're okay, amazing. good. Good. Uh, the no-fly zone I would also Wi-Fi. put up there. Maybe it's the DNVR Wi-Fi. It is. Yeah, it probably is. <laughs> See, uh, I think the no-fly zone also deserves no to be up zone, there. 100%. We just had a comment, and you have to mention Rich Tombstone Jackson. Have to. Uh, that's phenomenal. You know, Jake the Snake Plumber, that's for people like me, 80s kids. Uh, it's a feel-good name. You, you enjoy that one. Um, the Sheriff, I, I enjoy the Sheriff for Peyton. Do you people know, and, call him the Sheriff, though? 
Oh yeah. I was big on the sheriff. Okay. Probably yeah. not to yeah. his face. I don't know if he would go up to Peyton Manning <laughs> and be like, sheriff. No. Sheriff. <laughs> Scott, Scott Parker is the sheriff in this town. All right. There can only be one. Wow. Wow. Um, I'm also partial to the smiling assassin. Uh LA's had a lot of different nicknames. Frankly, I I think they're all disrespectful. Um, aside from the Duke, which fine i don't care for it but the dude he's just elway he's just elway um did you say the franchise already sorry if you did no i did not i did not and i was gonna say that it's the lamest of them all but td for terrell davis as he was doing nothing but scoring touchdowns on people left and right and then would mile high salute you in your face as we won back-to-back super bowls to me that whole that just fits so nicely it's his initials He's scoring a bunch of touchdowns. He's the best player in the league, and he's saluting you every time. To me, TD makes the most sense. Orange Crush would be right up there as well. Those are some good ones. I do like the connection of TD making TDs. Right? What What would everyone's um, DNVR nickname be? Dre, you have you have like five. No, yeah. Well, Dre primarily. Yeah. That would be <laughs> Yeah. Rudo, you already have one. Matt, Rudo, yeah. <laughs> uh, Allie, we gotta get some. We gotta get something going. Yeah. People, people call me Al. Al dog. I'm Al partial dog. to Al, Al dog. dog. Big yeah. fan of yeah. Al dog. Hey, yeah. hey, Andre and Lindsay call me Al dog, or people just call me Al. I was thinking about calling you mother, but that could get weird real quick. Mm, no, not a fan. I, I yeah. am the mom yeah. of the abs pod. Yeah. Already the abs mom of the the <laughs> abs uh, pod mom is the nickname that the abs guys or the chat has uh, named me because I am definitely in the comments being kicking anyone out that's being disrespectful or annoying or rude. Same with I freaking yelled at Argentinian fans in Spanish. I uh, that is you did do that. Thank you there for that. Ellie we, is we, everybody's mom. Without Ellie, the wheel flying so <laughs> fast. And if you're in, if you're here in the comments and you're speak Spanish, I didn't yeah. just yell at Argentinian fans, Faku fans for nothing. They are being so disrespectful and rude about the Nuggets, about our guys, and about everything, and saying very mean things that I was just like. Y'all don't think someone understands what you're saying, but I do. Yeah. You Ignorance are being blocked. We need you to hire someone me. that speaks Serbian now. Is what we, yes. need. <laughs> we, we have to like ask the comments. So we're like, we appreciate we appreciate the international dynamic. We don't know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> we would like to engage with you. I think we should invest like in me. a Serbian Rosetta Stone for votes. So vote. There you go. <laughs> Spano. It is happening. Vote. What's yours? What's your preferred nickname? Oh, I already told you. B Rad. B Rad. B Rad's an all time. I've never heard anyone call him B Rad in our company. But well, that's I'm 28 years old now, so I don't know. In college, though, they did call me B Rad. But you called yourself B Rad at this point. Old habit. I did forget I was on the internet live when I just kind of slipped out. I love it. But when's yeah, your, I did. Uh, when's your new album dropping, B Red? <laughs> yeah, man. I, oh. Seriously, for four years, for four years in college, people called me B Red, probably more than they said Brendan. Uh, and then I got out into the real world, and you know, you start introducing yourself to people, and you very quickly, you know, I'm gonna go with my given name. I think. <laughs> well, Hard everyone in our company just calls you Vote, but I will now be calling you B Red. B Red, it is. Yeah, mission accomplished. <laughs> 
All right, guys, this was a great show. Thank you for hanging out with us, and we will catch you guys next week. Like I said, the podcast will most likely um, be recorded on Thursdays now just because we've got a lot going on on Fridays. But we've got UFC this weekend at the bar. It's going to be so much fun. A lot of the DMVR fam will, of course, be down there having a great time. And make sure to follow us on all social media. We've got a Twitter account for all of the beats as well as our DNVR underscore um, sports. And then we've got TikTok, Instagram, and, of course, follow everyone here as Michaela's showing her name. Follow Mac. Um, But, yeah, thanks, guys, and we will see you guys next week.